right, good morning. Uh, I know I just handed you a very distracting piece of paper, but put it down, if you would, for the moment. Um, we're going to be talking today about stewardship and the state of the church, but we're going to reverse those two and talk about the state of the church for just a moment. Um, I pulled together some of the photos that I've gotten from folks from the last year, and I, would I want to talk about, in the 2016 program year, um, a whole bunch of new initiatives that have gotten started. And some of that um, I'm going to be pointing to with specific photos and others I'm not going to. But um, in 2016, we had a kind of remarkable year. Uh, we started at 2016 in the midst of a conversation about our mission and vision. And that mission and vision statement is now printed, or the mission statement is printed on the back of every bulletin. Um, on the table in the lounge, you can see, and up online, we've got our mission and vision strategic goals. But we've started a lot of new programs and new initiatives and new community, uh, and a lot of it is in response to that mission and vision project. And, and some of it is sort of ancillarily related. Um, you'll see up here um, the picture of the poinsettias. Uh, and if you look in the lounge, there's two flowers. Um, we started a flower ministry um, really back in 2015. But in 2016, we got really serious about making sure that folks that were homebound, folks that had had recent um, major events in their life, especially related to losing a loved one or a recent illness, um, at Christmas and Easter every year, they get a flower arrangement. And specific folks every Sunday um, get a flower arrangement. And there's two sitting in the lounge for folks today. Um, we had 11 people confirmed or received last year. Um, and one person who reaffirmed her faith. Uh, our young adult group grew to the point where we have over 30 young adults now, um, often showing up all at the same time. We're in the just the beginning stages of an initiative called Holy Strollers for Young Parents. And really, we're getting together on third Sundays of the month doing story time and then figuring out what we're going to do. Um, that's looking like it's going to turn into free babysitting on Sunday mornings once a month. Um, more to come from that. But we have a new young parents group. Um, last year, because we're talking about finances, um, pledges were up over $40,000. Um, and over 40% of the new pledge dollars were for people under the age of 40. Um, and that said, people over the age of 40 were really generous last year as well. Um, and then in the bottom right corner, you can see last year, Laura Chapel, before she left for Minnesota, and Susan Norris and the Garden Committee drastically expanded our garden space. Um, and every week um, through the summer and up until just a few weeks ago, we were making deliveries of fresh produce to Trinity, our food pantry partners. Um, so there's a lot there, but yet there's more. Um, We've continued our focus on youth and on children. Um, we've started a new Sunday school program for the youth that seems to be getting more of them to come on Sunday mornings. Um, we brought Mark Smith on board, um, and we're really glad you're here. Um, we've continued the growth of Theology on Tap. Theology on Tap is averaging around 40 people now, uh, and we're having to pull in tables every time we do it. Uh, so there's a lot going on there. That ministry for people that you wouldn't necessarily immediately think about inviting to church, but you would think about bringing to a good conversation. It seems to be growing for us. Um, we've had a lot of other big events in our life as well. Um, we said farewell back in May with a big service of Thanksgiving for Mary Carol um, after 
over 50 years as our organist, and we hired Connor, who you can hear practicing in the church right now. Um, we had a Christmas Eve pageant, which was very popular with young families, partly because we invited little kids to participate, even if they'd not been to rehearsals. Um, our youth group really led that, and it was a great deal of fun. Um, we've celebrated three weddings this year, with a fourth one coming up, and three quarters of those weddings have been same-sex couples, following 2015's marriage equality ruling. Um, at the Easter Vigil, we had a chocolate fountain. Um, and last Sunday was our highest regular Sunday attendance for not a feast day, not Easter or Christmas in recent memory. We had over 160 people at church last Sunday. Big thanks, yep. Big thanks of that is due to the folks who helped organize the fall festival, the party and prayers committee, and all of those who helped run games, everybody from the guild to the youth group um, were helping make that happen. So that's really on all of you for making that all happen. So it's really been quite a year at Holy Communion in 2016. Um, to make all of this happen, we've got to talk about finances. Um, so I want to invite Brian Barnhart, our interim treasurer, up um, to talk about the next two slides. Thank you, Mike. So hopefully you all aren't thinking about church's money too often, but Mike and I certainly try it as much as we can. We are going to go into all the details of the financing, but give you a general sense of where does our money come from and what are we spending it on and where would we need additional help to grow in the future. So, to start with, um, we're doing pretty well, and our, uh, <laughs> we're in good state and moving in the right direction, which is also very encouraging. As we think about our overall income, about where our money comes from, we're very fortunate in that most of our funds still come from our endowment, which was set up well before any of us started coming here, and it provides a great deal of our resources. The next batches of money you can imagine would be the annual donations through pledges, and uh, both the annual campaign and our also um, currently our capital campaign. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and that makes up the vast majority of our operating resources that we use for all the programs that Mike was just talking about. So um, one of the things we, we will be focusing on and talking about as we go forward is that the capital campaign is winding down, and so that chunk is going to need to be replaced somehow. Some of the expenses we're working with don't, haven't been replaced, but that's part of our income going away for the near future. We'll continue that conversation here. You ready? Yep. And so after talking about where our money comes from, we can then talk about, well, what are we using it for? And uh, some of these won't surprise you. Um, about half of our expenses go to the one of the people who make it all happen with our, our staff that we have here, clergy and staff. We've got four people on staff right now, and they make a lot of the, the wheels turn here, which we couldn't get anything done with. Also, because we've got a big, beautiful building that enables us to do a lot of wonderful things, a lot of our uh, expenses go towards uh, both general repairs and maintenance, and also paying back the, the mortgage and the, the debt that we have on the new construction here. And so that makes up um, another almost quarter of our, our operating expenses. Um, in terms of how much we spend on outreach, depending on how you look at it, um, we spend another uh, about 15 or so percent on things outside of these four walls, outreach and the diocesan pledge. 
some uh, congregations will group those together concerning the diocese. There's a lot of wonderful things on our behalf, but we've broken it out so you can see what share we do versus the share of the, the diocese does as well. And then um, the remainder goes to things that we all benefit from um, in terms of music and worship as well as other programs that we do within the congregation. So this is kind of the breakdown of where our money is going and so it's going to go where it comes from. Um, one of the things that this, this is our program budget. And so this does not include things like, um, we, we raise within the congregation about $10,000 just from the congregation to support Brooklyn Payne's mission in Panama. Um, we've done a couple other specific targeted fundraisers within the congregation, but because those are pass-through donations, that outreach money doesn't count against our expenses. It also doesn't count as our income. So we thought about trying to fudge these numbers to make the outreach grow a little bit, um, but this is our program budget, um, knowing that we do a little bit more than this in terms of that outreach kind of work. Uh, so now I want to invite Susan Norris up to talk about the next slide. Pac-Man continue to bite down on that 
group of folks that we have no way of tracking. Donna. I'm just wondering if um, any research or thought or whatever has been given to the reasons why people don't watch. Because it seems to me that that would be helpful in trying to encourage more people to watch. Brian could probably speak to that better than I could. Um, but I will say, you can you talk about it lots and lots of different ways. Um, the tricky piece about that neither give nor pledge, we do have in our budget about $3,000 every year of plate offering. That's like loose cash in the plate. It's not known give or gifts. The trick about that is we have no way of giving people credit for that kind of giving. If they write a check, anybody who writes a check here will get a letter from us at tax season saying, thank you for your donation. But if we just get loose cash in the plate, there's no way of tracking it. So regardless of why, even if it's not a large amount of pledge, and, and Scott will talk about that in just a moment, um, it makes sense to me to have some kind of way that we're tracking that you're giving so that we can give you credit for that gift for Uncle Sam. Um, we can get into that in the discussion at the very end, though, a little bit, too. Yeah? Would you just say you don't know what it is, but don't account Well, we do account for it, but we don't have any way of giving the individual credit for that giving. Um, because there's no way to know whose dollar bills it is, you know. I'm going to invite Scott Ferguson to come up. If Scott, so there he is. He disappeared on me. Um, Scott can come up and talk about the kinds of pledges we get. Karen, look, can I hold your question to the end? Sure. Thanks. Well, um, so here's the, the financial state. Um, this gives a breakdown, and once again, um, I'll let you peruse the, uh, the pretty colors on the left. The blue color is the one that we, uh, as Susan said, we're really trying to close that gap. And um, sort of, you know, Donna's got a great point. Why don't people pledge? And so I, I went online and I got this from, I found this, uh, some, uh, a rector in another church, she writes, pledging has little to do with stewardship. And I thought that that's an interesting point because sometimes we conflate the two. Rather, it has to do with commitment and with budget planning. To pledge to a particular organization is to make a commitment to support that organization. And I think that's the key point here. Yes, money is the important. We have to have pledges so we can figure out the budget. If not, we'll be flying in the dark. But I think the key here is this idea of commitment. The idea of commitment that it's not just, you know, we talk about that commitment, it's, 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 but let's look at what that commitment is. It's to oneself to God and his church. It's to the commitments that this church has made, has started to make, and is continuing to make. And we're seeing this. We're, not just the, we're seeing it in, 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 in the youth. We're seeing it in Mark. We're seeing it in the expansion of other programs that we want. And now we can begin to afford to have. It's a commitment, like I said, to our youth, and I think we're all in agreement. That is very important. And I know that for the coming year, that is going to continue to be uh, a very critical mission for us, a ministry for us. Commitment to reach out to our community in order to strengthen the existing ones and the new ones that we're looking at. It may be El Salvador expanding uh, food ministry and obviously looking to what we've been talking about, trying to develop our own outreach ministry. 
Um, commitment to Mike's leadership and vision, that's obvious. And then commitment to each other, and I think that to me is most important. Commitment to each other and to this community and to the relationship that we have with each other, which is, I think, a very special relationship that we all agree. And having the pledges, you know what that is? Is that the commitment to that. That is saying, yes, it's an affirmation. So the dollar amount is not the critical, as Susan said, it's not the critical point. The point is the submission of that card. Because when that card is submitted, and even if it has one dollar, it's saying, I am committed to my life here at Holy Communion. I am committed to each other. And I think that is a very powerful statement. And it's a statement of faith, a statement of action, and it's, um, it's a way of saying thank you, not just to what has been happening, but a thank you to God and to following Jesus. So I think that's what pledging to me is all about. You'll notice there's a, I, I just saw the typo, because you look at these over and over again, and then you go, that, that um, orange slice is actually supposed to be 2,500 to 3,999, but this gives you the number of pledges in each category. Um, one of the things that I think is really important to say um, about pledges is that, um, and uh, there's a member here that I won't name because I don't talk about anybody individual's pledge, but um, this person was sharing with me that because of the way their income works, it's very difficult for them to write down the most that they'd be able to give to Holy Communion. Uh, this person works with a lot of different contracts and doesn't get a regular paycheck so much as sort of catches cash can through the year. And so this person writes down the minimum commitment that she is making at Holy Communion. Um, you'll see that our largest segment of pledges are below $1,000. Um, and that's an important segment. Um, but we encourage everyone to make a commitment, even if the commitment that you make is to a minimum amount that you would give. The vestry will always, always gladly receive an overpaid pledge. Uh, but a lot of what pledging is about is about helping us to have a sense of how we can track for the year where we are with giving um, and keeps um, a, a sense of our budget. I'm going to take just a couple of clarifying questions, um, and then we're going to move to some discussion at our table. So if your question is clarifying, go ahead, Bob. So this is um, the percent of the congregation that has not made a pledge. I don't think there was a pledge card last year with zero dollars on it. But um, but the, this is the portion of the congregation that is not currently pledging. And so they effectively they have pledged zero dollars because the vestry can count on zero dollars coming from that. Karen, is there a question? Yep. They don't really not give necessarily. Some of them probably don't give, but probably the vast majority give, but we don't know who they are or what they Yeah, yeah, this is this so, is that we can track their giving okay, so or what they unidentified, unidentified giving. Yeah. I will say though that is a, a very small portion of what's coming in. Um, so that it's it's not like we have tens of thousands of, do of untracked dollars coming in. Um, so the households that are not a giver of record, um, which is the terms that the canons use to define things. So the pies are not about money, but they're about um, they're about people. They're about people. The percentage of households that are 
tracked versus not tracked. Then like, when you go to the next slide, yep. it was about money or people. This is people. So this is not the number of dollars in the budget. Obviously, that that two percent of pledges um, over eight thousand dollars is a bigger portion of our pledge dollars um, than other, but. This is the number of households. So you can see the number of pledges in each of these categories. Um, so we have a total of three pledges over 8,000, 12 pledges between 4,000 and um, 7,999. So that's, that's what that chart is tracking. Not the a percentage of income, but the number of pledges. Any other clarifying questions? So we're asking folks again, um, we're in the season of answering the call. Last year our, our theme was all in. Um, this year our theme is answer the call. And, and they're similar and related. Um, we're asking folks to um, answer the call uh, sort of thoughtfully about what you're able to um, commit to this year to Holy Communion. We will also be asking you to literally answer the call. Um, you have a pledge card in the envelope. There are pledge cards in the bulletins. We want to make sure you have every opportunity to pick up a pledge card that you need. Uh, there's also online, um, you can go onto the website and make your pledge online. Um, if you want to take your card home and think about it and speak with your significant other and, and make your pledge online, you can do that as well. Um, next Sunday, we will take all of the pledges that have been in-gathered and bless them. And then after next Sunday, we will begin making phone calls. Uh, the Vestry and the Stewardship Committee together will um, be getting together to make phone calls to folks from whom we've not heard. Um, those phone calls are actually kind of fun, uh, mostly because it's just a reminder of pledging. We won't ask you for your pledge on the phone. Um, we'll remind you that we haven't heard from you. But last year we found out about somebody who wanted to join the parish officially, and that person was later confirmed into the Episcopal Church. Uh, last year we found out about some folks who had moved, and we updated their contact information. Uh, last year we found out about some pastoral things that were going on. So in addition to touching base with everyone to make sure the vestry has a responsible number to work with for pledging, it helps us to have touch base with everyone, especially as we get close to the holidays, about what's going on in life, um, and we learn about a lot about what's going on in the congregation. Um, because it's a big enough congregation that sometimes somebody just doesn't show up for a few Sundays and you don't know why. Um, so it's nice to have that moment to touch base. So there's a series of questions that we want you to consider with your tables. <laughs> So the first question, thinking back on this year, what is one story that exemplifies Holy Communion to you? Uh, the second question, as we look forward, what is one hope you carry with you, specifically about our community together as Holy Communion? Though, if you want to talk about your own hopes, that's too, true, all right, too, but we're specifically focusing on Holy Communion. Um, and then the final question is, what questions do you have about our financial life, and what hopes do you have about our church budget? Uh, and we'll take some time at the very end to raise those questions with the wardens and the treasurer in the room. So if you would, speak amongst yourselves, um, and in about 15 minutes we'll come back together as a group.